Hey, Carl, Jason here. Enjoyed your mini review Monday on Retham. Very, very cool. I'm glad that product line really excites you. You can hear in your voice how much you love it and how much you want to get it back to the table. It sounds very good if somebody wants a pre-detailed world that they can plug their ventures in so they don't have to worry about coming up with their own factions and their own politics stuff. You, you know, you can plop, you, you can take this, the map's already there, the factions are already there, the, the world's already there, so you can just plug your adventures in and run them, and, and it saves you a lot of world building. So I can see the advantages of using that. Um, very, very cool. Keep up the great work. Talk to you soon. everyone and welcome to the Geomologist Presents Mini Review Mondays. I have a special guest today who's going to open some of their boxes, his boxes, and give a little mini review. And then after he does his, we're going to open one together. And he's probably going to talk about it. I'm sure he has it. But if he doesn't have it, he's heard about it. And then I will come back later and give my own review about it. So Jason, uh, I'm going to give you the floor because you've got some boxes I mean, you probably, you probably have a, a stack like mine. I have a stack here of one, two, three, four, five, six, something like 10, 11, 12, you know, like the ladybug says. <laughs> you know, I, have, I don't know if you remember that skit from either Electric Company or Sesame mm -hmm. Street, but man, I got like 12 boxes. All right. Well, well, I've only brought three boxes with me today. It's like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Okay. I, I, I come, I brought three boxes by your house, Carl, All right. from the, the Nerds RPG variety cast house i brought three over to your house mm -hmm. and, and we're going to open up the first one is from amazon it's a box about yay big i'm showing it to carl nice and it's um let's see what's in here when i say yay big folks i mean it's from the elbow to midway through my hand to the elbow to my wrist whoops i must cut myself with my knife and then the width of my hand that um, sounds like three quarters of a cubit by half a cubit Exactly. See, Carl's on it, dog on it. I've got my Swiss Army Knife Tinkers model here to cut this open with. So here we go. We're going to open this up. I believe I know what this is going to be. And it is what I thought. So this actually, folks, the more in-depth version of this is going to be released on Sunday, the 30th of October on the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm going to do my system Sunday, Sunday on a board game, Great. Betrayal on Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be amazing. I've never played it. It was a really big seller when I worked back in graduate school at mm -hmm. Dragon's Lair. Um, we were always out of it, and it seems like it's a new edition. This is. This is the third edition. This is the newest edition. There are a bunch of variants of this game. I talk about them, all the variants over on my show, so mm -hmm. you'll be able to hear that. When, when folks go over there but this edition they've, they've done something to simplify it they've changed some things up so i actually haven't played this edition of it i've played other editions betrayal on the house on the at the house on the hills a really fun board game it's a neat game like i say you can go to my show and on the 30th of october system sunday and and you'll be able to hear all about these games so we we, we won't waste their people's time here but yeah this is a we put here at my house we play one version or another of this game every year on Halloween. The family does. This is one of the family board games. 
but this you is gonna play that. You're gonna play that in a couple days, then. Yeah, th- I'll be. Nice. We'll be playing this new, the third edition, the newest version. Nice. We'll play that this year, 2022. Okay. But that'll um, be actually. You'd be playing that today when this comes out. There you go. See, it's my double excellent. Minute. Yeah, time excellent. travel. Nice. And you don't have to do your unboxing on your own show. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Save Excuse my that. Yeah. The, right. the next box is from Goodman Games. Everybody knows who Goodman Games is. Yeah, this yeah. box is about the same size. And a little thicker. Seems heavier. Yeah. It, well, it's a size limit, 85 inches, and 80-pound limit weight is not quite 80 pounds. But I think I know what this is, but let's open it and make sure I'm, I'm right. Folks, when you look at the Kickstarters by Goodman Games, one of the add-ons usually is a starter kit. And it might not be called starter kit, but it's called something like that. And in that, you get a bunch of stuff. And the idea is it's a way to start. Like if you don't play DCC or you're interested in Dungeon Crawl Classics, how you can get started. And I believe this is one. I ordered it with, actually, I've ordered a couple of these. But I, this is one of those. So I'm gonna, So this way, you're going to hear exactly what you get when you order that. And it's not that I want to have like five of these starter kits, but they're great gifts to give to other people. And they're great, like if you go play as a convention or something, you know, so it, it, it's always good to have this because you can, you can share it, right? It lets you share a game that you love. And I know we both love Dungeon Crawl Classics. Holy so, crap, it, does, it has a book, a rule book. It, it comes up with a soft cover. It's a soft cover, but it's a soft cover version of the rule book, the full rule book, the full 500 plus page rule book. You get that. It's like 30 bucks for the starter kit. It's like the cost of the rule book. You get all this stuff. You get a DM screen. Nice. This one's sealed up at the moment, but it, but it's, it's the standard GM screen that they sell, right. right? And then you get an adventure. This one came with Doom of the Savage Kings. Oh, that's an awesome adventure. Yeah, but you, you get an adventure with it, right? And you get a set of the, the dice from them. Yes, that's important. Man, those right. dice alone. Honestly, sometimes those dice alone are pretty The dice are as much as the darn... <laughs> The darn starter kit is. Yeah, that's a that's a great starter kit. That's a great suggestion. Next time they do have a, I mean, they just had Empire of the East, and they had some other ones. Yep. Okay. Um, so oh, they I just had the uh, the Dying Earth. Right. So so this dice kit is the um. Says Rickens, Subjevorius Solids. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> is that the, maybe it's the Dying Earth ones? I, Are they all different colors? Yeah, yeah, the, these are different colors. Um, no, I, I think they're like supposed to be like ion stones. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, so it's cool, but it comes with a D three, a D four, a D five, a D six, a D seven, a D eight, a D ten, D percentile, D twelve, D fourteen, sixteen, twenty, twenty four, and D thirty. So, I mean, you get all this stuff, and like, go to the their one of their Kickstarter pages, even one of their closed ones, and you'll see this as an add one, like their starter kit or whatever. Yeah, like I say, even if you it the price of the like if you get you know for the price of the dice alone or the rule book alone you get all the stuff together yeah and then you know you can use as a gift a starter kit for somebody mm-hmm. this will be a great pack to use like if you order a couple of these these will be great for contests for giveaways yeah. or if you do dungeon crawl classics at a convention you could give these away to the winner or something it's cheap enough right. although goodman games is really great company and if you're doing stuff at conventions you should reach out to goodman games because they they're one of the companies that will support you if you're running their game at a convention right. generally they'll help you out with swag and stuff to give out so yeah actually even the th- some third-party publishers from that from that uh yeah for dcc the very 
they're very accommodating to third-party publishers. I hear that they give mm -hmm. even the third-party publishers, and they they pass that forward. Like I I ran a game for a, a, one of the guys at my table was part of this thir a third-party publisher for DCC stuff, and you know he had swag to give out too. So you know it was great. Yeah, so I highly recommend that. Yeah, I highly recommend if you don't have any of this stuff physical form, then I recommend it for you. But if you do have it, I recommend it because it's something great you could pass on to other people. Right. You know, and, and get people excited in the hobby, right? Because we all like stuff like that. Yeah, I, I've one was it Doom of the Savage Kings? The Savage yeah, King that's the event that's the adventure I got. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a cool series too. It is. It is. Uh, so the DCC, one of the great things about Dungeon Pro Class are the great adventures. They're all I mean, it's hard obviously some are a little better than others but but you know there really aren't stinkers in that line i mean pretty much any of them are, are great adventures you know they're they fun all, to read the great art or yeah, yeah go ahead sorry yeah there are no um i was going to add on to that too um that uh like they're even the free free stuff like the free rpg stuff like top notch like we played that one last year yeah the, the rpg day yeah. that the one that was a homage to the you know the uh Boris mm -hmm. Karloff Mummy, and then uh, and then this year they had one that came out for Free RPG Day. That's a funnel or first level adventure called Danger in the Air. And actually, um, when Amy and I were kind of hanging out this, uh, last weekend at Crush the Con, she's like, "Let's just play something." So I was like, "Okay, well, she never played a funnel before, so she grabbed some a couple of the the funnel sheets that I had made, and we played some. Uh, it, it was definitely awesome because you know as she had a great time with it, even though we didn't quite finish. But we, uh, you know, she lost the character in the first room, which is as it should be in a funnel. So. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And I love that she also like all the characters had. I didn't give names or anything, but they all had like um, occupations. But she like named them all based on their occupation. <laughs> it was funny. like Cordy, or I don't know what it was, but it was, it was fun. It's fun. She like named them all and got really into it. So it's a great game. Um, it's a great introductory game to any fantasy. Um, because of the funnel system and the first level characters, um, they have a lot of cool, like, games that use a DCC, one would say engine, mm -hmm. um, like right. Weird Frontiers, uh, MCC, uh, Umerica, which is like post apocalyptic. That's just, there's plenty more, but just to name a few. So, all right. Yeah, good, great company, great products. The, the last thing I have here, I, I actually am not quite sure what it is. It came to me from Deutschland. So we're going to open this up and see what this is. This probably is from a Kickstarter, um, you, you would think. But who knows? Maybe, maybe this won't be something that we should be opening here. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do have some weird tastes. If, if I can get into this, if I don't remember ordering. Oh, look at that. We've got oh, movies. Books? No, no, no. These are books, um, oh, wow. which I think these are RP. I think all this is RPG related. Dang. Hold on. Let me get it all out of the box here. He's pulled out like four things out of this box. Yeah. Well, I like I said, I'm pretty sure there's a Kickstarter. Oh, if I can get this out without destroying it. They taped it to the inside of the box, which I mm. guess when you're going international posting. yeah you don't want things to shake around so much. yeah you don't you want to keep things safe which which i definitely appreciate okay let's figure out what this is we've got this is some kind of well that's oh, is that a i don't know it's in german this is a 
these are tiles. So this is some kind of board game. These are tiles. Oh yeah, yeah. For for a board game, it's, it says Zombry on it. Z o m b o r y is what it says on the box, but it's of course still in German. Um, I've got. I think this maybe is a dice tower. Oh, this is Metal Heroes: The Fate of Rock Special Edition. That's what this is. Oh, did, okay. did you back this? It's a. Is it? This is an RPG, not a. Oh okay. I, I think. What it's are those tiles for? Yeah, I don't know. Let's figure that out. So Metal Heroes, if, if people Google that Kickstarter, you'll you'll see in in this box we have dice. Nice. Are they metal dice? Um sadly, they are not metal dice. That's kind of a cheap cheapness, isn't it? They're not metal dice. They're meeples in here and they're dice in here. One of the die is special. It's got special faces on it. It's a D eight. With some special faces, we do have a soundtrack for the game, That's cool. and the soundtrack, fittingly enough, is not just the MP3 download. It's actually a physical something. Let's see what what it is. Oh, it's an actual CD. It's an actual CD, Dang. which is cool. There's hopefully a guitar sent, pick. Hopefully, they sent you a CD player because no one plays CDs anymore. Oh, well, well, I've got. I, I actually am old. I've, I've got a CD player. <laughs> um. I don't know if these are Strikle, Striker, Dev, Devil Diver, or Mammothon, Huntress, Delane, Ailstorm. Ailstorm's nice. a real band, right? No, Striker is a real band. Delane yeah. is a real band. They're all it's a real band. Okay, Huntress, yeah, great. Awesome. Huntress yeah, Huntress, is amazing. Grave Digger, Mammoth, Mammoth. Yep. Um, these are yep. all, some of the things on the soundtrack. Dang, it's a good soundtrack. You probably won't like the, all that music, but I would. Okay. We've got, oh, because I can't understand what they're saying. We've we've got a guitar pick. Oh, Huntress, Huntress, you probably could, but some of those other ones are. But I think I don't, I don't. Those bounds, I don't think they're more melodic. Melodic, and the vocals are also melodic. Maybe the it's like power metal. Gotcha. There's a poker deck here. A Heroes of Rock poker deck. Oh, that's awesome. Which oh, there's a separate little party game. It's got four dice in here as well. Which the mm -hmm. six is a middle finger. <laughs> it's a hand giving you the middle finger. Um, okay. so so we've got that. So this is a hodgepodge of different stuff. I'm pretty sure Metal Heroes was a role-playing game. In here, there's a, a fake Tickets. little ticket. Yeah, for the Woodstock Music and Art Fair from 1969. It's a repro of the, the Woodstock thing. Dang. So get this. My mother-in-law went to Woodstock. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah, I was trying to pin her down to get some stories, but, um, you know. The character sheets are, are written as like a little tour book here. So here's oh, cool. the char like different character sheets. What's the system, though, man? Well, we're going to get to that. There's also another an, another CD or DVD or something in here. Mm -hmm. Here it comes. I don't know exactly what that is. We'll have to figure that out. Um, so, and then I've got two books here. I've got the book. Oh, you know what this is? This is a, I thought this was a game, like a regular RPG, but the first book, here, wow, this is like a hardcover with a, it's not just a, like a hardcover like book. Yeah, it's got a sleeve on it too, like a like a regular book sleeve. Um, it's the size of a like it's maybe it's like a novel. Couple, yeah, yeah, it looks like a novel. It's a um a rock comedy game book. So this is a game book. Okay. And you know we're like a fighting fantasy or or one of those. So that's what this is. Oh, that's and like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a choose your own adventure. And the other one is like oh no, both or... these are so so this is. Huh. So it's not a role playing game. It's a game. 
but these are both game books. So you get game books and then you get all this other stuff with it. Okay. So that's what this is. So it was the Metal Heroes, the Fate of Rock Kickstarter. Um, this is probably available somewhere else. You know, mm -hmm. some company or another probably sells it. And then there's another, the Rider of the Black Sun game fantasy game book, oh, wow. which is separate. It's a, but it's a big, and it's not big. just um like choose your own adventure because it uses dice and things so it's yeah, more yeah, like yeah. a fighting fantasy or a fighting fantasy yeah so there you go Th those are my unboxings for what today. company very, was that very cool uh the company let's see it is funded by good question where's the name of the metal heroes parental warding <laughs> oh well it's um manticore verlag but manticore okay, well, was i'll try to look player. that up and put it in the show yeah. notes yeah, I'll, I'll send I'll send you a link to them. Oh, these books actually look at the, these are well made. Not only they're hardcover with sleeves and everything, they each of the books has two um, uh, you know the what do you yeah, call? Yeah, the, there's also like tabs on the side, like uh, markings on the on the yeah, uh, they're pages. they're tabs on the sl slide. Plus they're the um the cloth ribbons, yeah, ribbons. So I mean, this is actually That's nice, very well made. Yeah, very good quality, very nice. So cool. Okay. Okay, that that is what I have today. I think I'll I'll I'm gonna do one and then I'm gonna follow up with one and both of these I'll review. So okay. it'll be a double a double shot of mini review Monday for you because one is related to something I. All right, so here we go. This is from mm -hmm. eBay. Oh, okay. And this is a, a eBay one of the eBay padded envelopes. Mm -hmm. It is um, twelve and a half by. 10 inches all right and i feel like it might be i have anvil out just in case but i think i can just tear it up i don't know I'm gonna have to, it's glue it's not like a perforated all right it's definitely backed by cardboard which i appreciate that you know just a little a little a mini rant mm -hmm. i've been getting i don't know if you have lately because you i think you have like a PO box but I've been getting a lot of products. I've getting a few products that say do not bend that have been bent and stuffed into my mailbox. Yep. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, fortunately, like one of them, I mean, they haven't been, they've been like nothing like that'll get destroyed that way. But, and I've had, but I've had to like, but they've been bent and I've had to put them under like stacks of books so they can straighten out. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I haven't had no damage yet, but I mean, I don't understand that. Um, they can just throw them in a, put them by our door, throw them in. Anyway, okay, so cardboard. So it's wrapped up really well. So I appreciate I definitely, when I go to the seller for eBay, I will go again uh, because they wrap things up really well. And I'm going to take it out of its wrapping. Jason hasn't seen it yet. Nope, I have not. The Those tiles, the Zombori thing, are a separate little game. Oh, that's so, cool. Like oh, a so memory I game, tile game. So oh, wow. I got all kinds of stuff for this Kickstarter. All right, so here it comes coming out of the cardboard. Coming out of the cardboard. Look what I got there on eBay. Oh, look at that. Treasures of the Middle Earth. Uh, old ICE, Iron Crown yeah. Enterprises, Merp. Yep. It's an old Merp product, yeah. Treasures of the Middle yeah. Earth. I, I saw the price. I didn't beat it. It's still it's in great shape. It's not yellowed at all, by the way. It's mm -hmm. a nice shape. Um, they put, like yeah, I said, brand cardboard new. backing. Um, so what do you have this book, and do you know about it? I had it back in the day. I do not still have a copy of it. Um, 
I vaguely remember it. It's got, I mean, effectively it's your magic item book, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, or that's a book of magic. Exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Like, so, mm -hmm. so, you know, whether I use Murps or the one ring or whatever, or even a 5e has just uh, reissued a 5e, um, the, the predecessor, not predecessor, the follow, what's it called? Descendant, I guess, of AIM. They have now another 5e, real or gone. Well, yeah. So it's interesting. Is it so? What's interesting is Free League has come out with their 5e version of the One Ring Second Edition. Yeah. But Cubicle 7 is also coming out. They're taking Adventures of Middle Earth, stripping out the Tolkien IP, and they're going to re release Adventures of Middle Earth as a 5e product just without any Tolkien IP in it. That's weird. That's yep. interesting or challenging. Anyway, so Treasures of Middle Earth. Now I have like a good compendium of different treasures in Middle Earth. Um, they have the rings in there for sure. They have like, you know, Glamdring and Orcist Sting are in here. So I'm, I'm very excited about this product. And I'll check it out in more depth. Or I'll review it in more depth in a little bit. Um, and uh, I love the cover. I've always loved the cover. It's Anatar making the rings, I believe. Like Anatar slash Sauron making the rings. Or is that Celebrimbor? Mm -hmm. You think that's Celebrimbor on the cover? I yeah, I don't remember. Um, but that, that's what they're doing. Is they're making the rings. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Neat. So, um, um, so it's a. I mean, I always love the format of these ICE Merps books. I mean, mm -hmm. two column format. It's all. It's everything's very easy to find, easy to read. I guess it's much like. I mean, I feel like something similar to like the Palladium books. Um, that kind of two column format, but um, really neat. I'm very excited about this book. I would like to run, I would talk about running something in Middle Earth at some point, whether I use One Ring or Merc or um, 5e, we'll see, whatever. It's kind of like what, what the players, in my opinion, what the players would feel more comfortable having fun and running with and not letting the rules get in the way. And if mm -hmm. that's an AIM or the new uh, Freely Gone 5e, that might be the best. But uh, I really have, I run the One Ring with Amy. We ran one of the introductory adventures and she really enjoyed it. It was very intuitive. Um, and she liked the the mechanic. So and she's you know, she's a relatively new player compared to a lot of us. So she picked up really fast. So um, anyway, very excited about Treasure in Middle Earth. Excellent. And I look so I forward to in a second. Yeah, I look forward to hearing that extended review. Yeah. All right. So one more thing that'll probably be added to the review. And I guess this is why I was kind of ranting. This says, do not bend on it, this envelope. Right. From Columbia Games, and they've got bent and stuffed into my little mailbox. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, because it's paperback, it won't be a problem. But I did review uh, Retham um, uh, last, was that the second one I did? Yeah. yeah the last time I did, did this yeah. mm -hmm. last week. So this is almost like a follow-up. I had ordered some more things from Columbia Games. And this is just a standard like uh, envelope. And Columbia Games has this thing called, like, uh, you can do a subscription service, and sometimes they have cool products. I think it's quarterly, about 30 bucks. Um, I don't know. A lot of people feel that Columbia Games stuff is a little overpriced. Your mileage may vary. But I wanted to get this product to check it out. I was excited about it. And it's their reprint, in a way, or their revision of a product that was done by Columbia Games a while back that I do have. And this is Manglana, which is a kingdom... It says Menglana Kingdom in Crisis. It's in their um, sort of Viking-ish, Scandinavian-ish orthologue place. Um, mm -hmm. 
So, so the interesting thing, again, you might, a person might not like this is that they come as sort of three hole punched loose leaf and you, the idea is you put them in a notebook. Right. The, so the Manglana article is, it clocks in pretty well at, well, I'm still counting. See, it's a little bent, so I'm going to have to unbend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, the Manglana product comes in at around, plus a map, around 40, 45 or so pages. And then there's a second article in here, which is probably why I decided to, to jump on it for, for Pelin, which is the uh, capital of Manglana. And uh, that comes in at um, like 13 pages, including a map and stuff like that. So I'm pretty, pretty cool. I had the, I had it before, but I really like how they've redone and revamped some of these older products um, and reform, reformatted a lot of things. And especially they've, uh, I think they've re, either redraw, had a redrawn or taken the older maps and just um, improved them. They're visually more appealing. The color palette is a lot easier to to read. They also what I think is always cool in Harn. So like the players will never get the true cartographic map, but they'll get like mm -hmm. maps like this, which is like a poetic map of the area. Right. They also have a cool poetic map. Um, so yeah, I've been. This was I actually ran a game in Manglana that didn't. It was called. It's going to call be called Black Sails over All Ball or Ball. And I started it in Manglana, and that was going to be the intro. But since it was play by post. You know, <laughs> it it just sometimes play by post just dies or a player disappears and don't know what happened and that's kind of what happened. Um, but it was a really neat game and cool system where we're using that. I think we're using I think we're using hero system, like fantasy hero. Uh, the good mm -hmm. the, always the cool thing about things set in Harn world they are system agnostic. So you can play whatever system you want to play. Right. And there's the timeline stops at a certain date. There's no meta plot, and it becomes your own your own uh, game going forward. You don't have to worry about you know Columbia Games calling you and saying, "Hey, that won't happen in in my Harn in, in Canon Harn world." Right. Uh, you can't you can't run that. Just you know, like when Watsi gives you a call and says, "Hey, you know, you can't you can't uh, <laughs> you can't play that way in the Forgotten Realms or something." Yeah, they yeah. give me a couple calls. They give me Watsi's a couple. famous calls. about that. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple calls. I see the black helicopter circling. You know, I got to join mm -hmm. a MW in his bunker. That's right. Sometimes. Yeah. But anyway, so, these are cool products. I'll review them in a bit more depth. Uh, definitely. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, for joining me uh, on my unboxing segment of of Mini Review Monday. It's a little longer Mini Review Monday, I'm sure, this time around. But anytime we have a special guest, you know, we give them some slack and leeway and it was great to see those products i love i was talking about dcc you know as you know and, and that metal hero sounds really cool I it, it is what what i was thinking i i might ask um jules over jules and zed i don't want her to think we're we're getting into her territory there but she's doing a really cool thing with with my little pony where she's running a kind of a choose your own adventure my little pony adventure over on her podcast and maybe we should do the same thing with this Metal Heroes Fade of Rock game book. That yeah, might cool. be pretty cool. Is it, is it like fantasy setting or is it like urban, like urban it fantasy? It is. Well, I'll read you the back cover here. You are Taylor, a full-blooded rocker and full-time idiot. You're leading a miserable existence in a shitty metropolis when unexpectedly the god of rock, tired of office, 
chooses you to be a successor. Your challenge, prove your aptitude for Mount Olympus by building up a talentless garage band with no prospects to become the greatest metal act on the planet and along the way, save the world. So that's the premise of the book. It's like but the it, Tenacious D story. I love it. Yeah, and, and the soundtrack, you're supposed to play it along with it. The, the accompanying soundtrack greatly influences the progress of the game book and contains international metal bands from all stylistic directions. Um, it, it's got a whole... Oh, and there's other... It looks like there's a whole lot to this. We'll, we'll, we can, we'll talk offline, but I, I don't know if... We'll have to see whether... If you want this a segment of your show or mine. I mean, maybe if we're going to do it on your show... Cerebral War villains too? Become... Maybe alternate weeks on Cerebral War. I, I don't know... We'd probably get away with playing the soundtrack easier on our shows than on Cerebral War because <laughs> that's on YouTube. True. Um, but I, I mean, they have the rights to the soundtrack, so I don't, I wouldn't feel too bad about playing it, but yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, I could see it getting yanked off YouTube. You, you know what I mean? True, true that. Yeah. But maybe those episodes just won't go on YouTube. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll have to talk about it, but this could be really cool to do that way. And, yeah. and there's, there's friggin' like, 800 some entries in here for, oh, for this thing so it's huge i mean the book's huge the books you you know what i mean you, well you can see you can see it the listeners can't see it but these are big books yeah, so it's like yeah. a big novel right so that well, well we'll talk about it folks you'll you'll hear yeah. more about this but yeah yeah um wh whether whether we'll, we'll let you know where it's going to happen but i think this would be a cool you know play along adventure kind of thing right so well, great well, yeah. thank you so much, Jason, for joining me for the unboxing segment of Mini Review Monday. And uh, thank you, folks. Uh, tune in, and we'll talk about uh, Treasures of Middle Earth and Menglana. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you, Carl. I really appreciate thank you letting me on. Okay, let's take a look at... Treasures of Middle-Earth. It has three sections, part one, the introduction, part two, which is items, and then part three, generating, you know, part three is generating treasures. So it's also broken up into several sections, and I really, in a way, I kind of like how uh, Merp or these books do their um, table of contents. They always break it down. They have, like, part one, what's in there, you know, three sections in part one, introduction, using treasures, guidelines part two is items creators materials part three generating treasures and really that's interesting the first part um the forward the introduction is really just a an overview and uh, how to convert things um, so converting when converting a value to a one to twenty system a simple rule is for every plus five on the D100, you get a plus one on a D20. Oh, right. So this is if you wanted to use this for other games, for a D20 type game. So, for example, something <laughs> with a 102 stat would be a plus seven, for example. Um, or something with a, a one stat would be a minus four. Makes sense. So it's a pretty cool. Um so it has a convergence. And part two, I mean, that's only like five pages. Part two is the majority of it. And I just, I, I wanted to get this because if I ever wanted to run something in any Middle Earth setting, I think this is a definitive book on the magic items for that setting. 
I mean, look, it has Anduril, the Flame of the West, Aragon, the Second's Blade, forged from the pieces of the sword that was broken, the shards of Narsil, the original weapon, reforged in Third Age, 3018, by Elvin Smith of Rivendell to form Anduril. It's engraved with seven stars between a rayed sun and a crescent moon, representing Elendil, Inarion, and Ilsildur, respectively. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it's a plus 50 OB blade, so that would be plus 50. So if you converted this to aim, maybe, that would be, if we look on our handy-dandy table, plus 50. Oh, I guess it doesn't give a bonus. Oh, maybe plus 50 OB. Um, if you divide by 5, it'd be a plus 10. I guess that's what you says, right? Divide by 5. No, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, pretty cool. So, um, yes, that's Anduril. And it tells you where you can find out about it. Um, so it also can, says it's a plus 5 OB, holy, uh, plus 50 to OB, a holy blade, flames on command. When flaming, Anduril can burn hot with a red flame and deliver extra heat criticals of equal severity and and becoming of slaying orcs, or it can burn cold with white flame, delivering a cold critical of equal severity, as well as becoming of slaying undead. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, it has a lot of other things in here, but I was wanting to look at, honestly, um, and I'll look it up here, um, is they have something called the Dawn Sword that looks pretty cool. A lot of really nice pieces of art inside as well. Um, they have Ducrist. Um, which looks like it is a, ba uh, a battle axe, a handsome weapon of dwarvish steel, man-sized weapon adorned with a grip of white jade and black onyx, band separated by mithril wire. It has on the shaft engraved in dwarven elvish runes in Sindarin, Kuzul, and Westron. And it's supposed to be plus 10 OB, slaying weapon of plus 15 against creatures of Morgoth. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Right, Dern's axe. Yeah, just the weapons. I'm just looking through the uh, Morgul knife, Narsil the original. Is in here. They have Or Orcrist, Glamdrung, Sting is in here. Sting is equivalent to a plus fifteen short sword, glows blue within a thousand feet of orcs, and most brightly when they are within a hundred feet, lightly if they are from one hundred to fifty feet away. So it is of slaying versus orcs. Interesting. So they, they have those. I'm really fascinated by this now. So I'm looking at it out like there's like uh, boots and all different types of things. Elven cloak. Oh, they do have the elven cloak. I wonder how it compares to what's in D and D. A hooded gray cloak, fashioned of light but warm silken staff, woven by Galadrim. At eventide, it took the color of the twilight under the trees. Although summer hawthorn and among summer hawthorn, the green of translucent leaves by night, the brown fields lying fallow in winter at dawn, silvery as waves beneath the moon. So that's pretty cool. Plus 20 to hiding and stalking. Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. It really helps you out, you know, if you, again, like I said, if you ever wanted to, uh, uh, the rings, I guess I wanted to look at the different rings, right? Do they even have the one ring in here? They have the seven dwarven rings. I see the nine mortal rings. 
They have Nenya Vilya. So I'm assuming Narya. The One Ring. Oh, wow, there's a huge, huge section on the One Ring. Um, the Rings of Power is like the first arc in here in those treasures. So they do have something here. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. Lots of powers by the One Ring. So you could throw that in there and mess up your Merp or AIM characters. Make them become Bilbo or something else, maybe. Kind of neat. So a lot of other magic items. Those are just a few. But they have, I think it's a neat section on the creators, the Eru and the Aenor, um, the Valar, uh, Maiar, Istari, then the Free People, so dwarves um, and their works of power, elves, hobbits, ants, um, men and the great enemies, how they make things, how they used to make things, uh, demons making things, some Nazgul, orcs, and the materials that one could use, the different gems, that you could use. Oh, they even have even trolls. So trolls might be able to make something. Materials, the gems, herbs, plants. Um, a lot of different herbs. So actually, they tell you what these herbs do. These, I guess these are treasures of Middle Earth. Um, like what they do as well, which is kind of nice. So Alambas, Aloe, Athalas, so King's Foil, right? And then what they can do. Um, pretty neat. Uh... What else am I looking for here? So I'm looking, just, there's quite a big section on herbs, etc. Quite a, a, a metals as well. Um, a Darcer, Alcom, Celeb. Uh, they do have, I'm sure they have Mithril. Yes, they do. Green Brilliance or True Silver and what it does. Um, so pretty cool. And then prior, properties with special minerals. They have a nice chart here. And then Woods. Uh, they have stuff on woods, enchanted materials. Um, and then part three is generating treasure. So you could actually have a treasure generation, um, like what kind of classifications are, uh, the size of a treasure. So like if you were running through uh, the expedition to Erebor and Lonely Mountain and you came across the troll cache, well, you could generate it right here, which I think is pretty cool. A magic, you know, it has magic items. Like monetary item in your treasure, and um, yeah, it's pretty neat. And how what spells you could put on it, etc. So pretty nice. And it's a random table, so to generate your random magic items. So it's a fascinating book. I'm sure I'm gonna dig through it and look. Just randomly pick out a magic item here, like the deck of tricks. Um, Elaborately marked deck belonging to Nimrillian, a bandit leader near Dol Amroth. A trickster must be familiar with it before use. Plus 25 to trickery. From Havens, see also Havens of Gondor. I guess it's also a collection of the different, you know, where you can find it originally, where it originally came out um, in the various Mark, uh, ICE books. So I'm really glad I got this. I, I honestly can't wait to implement it. If I run, I mean, I'm planning on running some sort of Middle-Earth game. I don't know what. Um, I played in a Middle-Earth game run by Jason Hobbs, which was really fun. I played in one, like a, a couple sessions of AIM that uh, Paul Wolf ran, which I really enjoyed. And I've been rereading Lord of the Rings. I reread The Hobbit and uh, re-seeing the movies, both the the cartoon movies um, and, uh, and the live-action movies, just to get inspiration and, and as a reference. So... Uh, Anyway, that was Treasures of uh, Middle Earth. If you can find it at a good price, I do highly recommend it. It's a very, 
nice tome, or it's not even a tome really. It's only it only clocks in at 100 142 pages, and uh, just a handy reference I think to have for your any game maybe that you might set in Middle Earth. Okay, I guess I, because I opened it, I need to review it. And this next review is on Manglana, Kingdom in Crisis. That is from the title. It's, it looks like a, a sort of a painting by, uh, I believe it is going to be, so, wait, yeah, the cover is by Richard Lushek, and he does all the other art in the rest of the Manglana article. The article itself clocks in at 48 pages. And then you have the front cover and back cover, um, as well as a fold-out map. So like a two-page, so I guess that would be 8.5 by 11. Uh, so 8.5 by, uh, no, 8.5, so 16 by, is that right? So two pages, 8.5 by 11. So I guess it would be like 16 by 22 uh, type of map. Um, of the region that includes, but it also includes like regions of uh, not just where Manglana takes place. The map it's a it is a you know Harnic League map uh, made by Eric Holtz, and it shows the fjords where Manglana takes place, but also shows where the Kingdom of Locusts is located. Um, and then of course we have a big overview map of the region, um, the political map with Manglana, and then the nearby uh, other polities, Rogna which I have the articles for, Locus and uh, Gelimar, Ibanval as well. Um, and then on the back, on page two, they have a poetic map. And I really, this is the kind of the map that you would give to uh, your players. It's, you know, it's not a cartographic to scale map, but it kind of shows where everything is in relative size. And which is, it's really neat kind of a you know, map that shows us the, the positioning of everything and various, various symbols denoting, uh, where things are, where the, the key, um, I guess the key landmarks and key uh, cities, towns, uh, drawn all of are. So, so then we look at Manglana, page three. Uh, is a lot. I just tell you what Manglana is. It's a large kingdom in northwestern northwestern Ive, the largest island in the Avinian archipelago. So, I guess in a way, Avinia, though based on Scandinavia, is kind of. A little separate, maybe. Maybe there's like a have to look at the map of of Northwest Lithia, um, and look at what the, how this is kind of geographical, but it seems like it's separate, which is interesting. The kingdom's eastern borders with Abanval and Eldeskal to the south lie Gelimar and Gilbenmark, to the realms of the Pendragondom of Seldenval, and uh, this brings me to I mean, and Robin Crosby was working on Avinia. Uh, um, and unfortunately he never got it out, but, you know, he, it was in the future, it seems that we would have gotten like Selden ball and, and all these other things. Uh, fortunately, Columbia games has put out a few of these. Uh, I don't know. It's, I have to look to see who, what they're based on, but the writers here, for example, the credit is N. Robin Crosby. I have the original book of Mangalana, uh, Jonathan Davidson, Tom uh, Dalgalesh, Mikhail Huber and Brent Bailey. So they put together, a lot of people in the in the actually the Harn community who have contributed to like some fan type work, and now it's a been official, and they've done this several times. 
So the artist, again, like I said, Richard Lushek, the maps originally by Eric Holtz, but also contributing are Odegur, Drevdal, Brent Bailey, and Richard Lushek. Um, and then there's a there's actually a picture on one of the pages of the heraldry, and that is uh, credited to another artist, which is really cool. It's credited to um, C.J. Rugner and Matt Rugner. So uh, it's really neat. So anyway, the Manglana's geography is dominated by fjords, mountains, and the sea. It's largely isolated from the rest of Ive by the inhospitable Malgabrun and Kedjelurian mountain chains, natural barriers with few passes. So it's pretty cool. It, it, and so that's page that starts on page three. So we have like an overview, and then page four, five, six, um, through all the way through page eight are um, the uh, history and then the current situation. Um, so there is a, a plot called the Stozar plot uh, that happened uh, min, uh, within the last, it looks like, 50 years that has caused a lot of the issues now. And right now there's an internal conflict since uh, the current uh, ruler of Menglana, the third, came to the throne in 688. The ebb and flow of allegiances between great clans has amounted to a cold war among the chilly waters of the Lehmensfjord. Much of the unrest is centered around the long-simmering hatred between the Stallers and Storzars. And I definitely did have a campaign in mind because uh, Stallers and Storzars also exist in Rugna and Orbal. So there is like a, like almost an international, it would be an international conflict. And I think I'd originally conceived of a something called Black Wings over Orbal, where the players would start in any of those places. And I think when I did run it, at a, and I started it out, a couple players started in Minglana in the middle of the Civil War. So, uh, so, but you can make it your own. That's the beauty of Harn and Harn World. It, everything, all the, all the timelines stopped, stopped at 720, and then it becomes your own. They have a picture of uh, King Lankar Staller on page 10. He is 61. He's been on the throne for 31 years. He's got a lot of children, um, so that probably contributes to the, uh, the crisis. Um, everyone wants a piece, right? Then there's a on page 12 starts the government organization um, of, you know, between the Thranals, the great clans, Thran gods, Valakars, uh, Bothran, Thran, and Clonhold, and then lesser clans. Um, and then there's a page on law, military resources. So much like uh, Retham, it's kind of organized in that way. Economic data, so like what what peop, what is traded at the various uh, sub-political divisions within Nglana. I mean, because, you know, players, sometimes they want to play... Uh, they want to play a, you know, space trucking or, or transport. You know, they want to play some game, a game within a game where they do the economics. So you have that information. Also, it can really serve like as as a, if you never ever wants to get into that. It could definitely serve as backdrop. So, for example, you know, if uh, if you go to Altenhus, uh, they trade in furs, grain, livestock, luxuries, minerals, um, and other things, and you can put those descriptions within. But then you know, your game when you describe you know, where you're at. So transportation, they talk a little blurb about transportation, um, culture, including Viking, uh, food and drink, music, local festivals, and then religion. And they also talk about the non-human. Like some, they talk about a no. These are humans. The Yar really, which is a uh, like sort of non. I guess this is a the first human inhabitants of Avinia are a Jarn people relative to the Jarn of Harn and the Alts of Altland. So it's another culture that exists sort of outside the political um, landscape of Menglana. But, you know, you could find them, uh, a, 
They're seasonal migrate migrants of caribou and reindeer herders. Um, and the most Urelli dwell in tents. Some of coastal clans harvest the Bantable Sea and have a permanent dwelling as opposed to being nomadic. And they live in small clan groups. So you could, you know, you could be Urelli or you could encounter the Urelli. And uh, it's a pretty nice little article, two-page article on that. Uh, page 23 has a heraldry. And uh, that is, actually that extends, it looks like, for a couple pages. So the great clans of Manglana, yeah, it's a couple pages. Um, they have quite a few, so it looks like 8, 12, 15 great clans in Nanglana. Then they have the settlement data, and they give an explanation how everyone is related to, like who is related to who, who owes fealty to who. They have a chart with that. And then starting on page 26 and going all the way to the end, they have each individual kind of hold um, or political entity with its the you know, the, its subdivisions as well, a little blurb on, on the government and military, the economics, and then, of course, adventure hooks uh, within. And then they have, like, where it's located on the map. Um, so every, you know, from and they even have, they have the capital Pelin, for example, uh, and they give, like, a brief, you know, who holds it, who they will tribute to, who they get tribute from, uh, the population, um, et cetera, and then all the different holders of the, of the throngs that are associated with Pelin, um, oh, there's quite and there's quite a few. Um, so, so some are bigger than others. Let's look at. We can let's take a blurb and see what kind of information we can have. I like this name here, Vullenheim. Whoa, it's big. Vullenheim population. Its holding is to the Stallers. It gives tribute to Pelin, which is the capital. Tribute from none. Uh, Vullenheim is the largest settlement in Anglana. It's eleven thousand one hundred people. It's the fifth largest town in all of Idinia. It's located near the eastern end of Legem's Ford and is a major center of trade and the only walled town in the kingdom. I believe, I think there's an article on Volenheim. I, I want to say that there's one, a Volenheim article in, uh, in the original Manglana. Uh, but anyway, although although most of the royal clan scholar reside in the town on one of its thrones, the aging king Lankar rarely, Lankar III rarely visits, preferring the security of the Great Hall at Pelin and doing everything in his power to hamper Vullenheim's dominance of commerce. Four of the king's six surviving sons live in Vullenheim. Should one succeed to the throne, the town would likely benefit from the new king's patronage. So it already has, like, there's definitely some political intrigue and uh, ongoings in Vullenheim. Talks about the th town's three districts, etc., and the, the military um, as well. So it's a pretty neat, good article. Then even the last, the last page, the, the back cover... Um, kind of gives it a, a bigger map of where in Ivinia Manglana would be located as opposed to a closer in map that you get. And uh, it kind of talks about you know, the, a little bit of the history of Manglana too. It once dominated Western Ivinia. Um, despite its wealth and beauty, Manglana is a kingdom in decline. Um, so it has two rival kingdoms, Rugna to the west and Ibanval to the southeast. So you could kind of add uh, into those two articles if they ever get an Ibanval article. Columbia Games does have a Rugna article. So definitely if you want to set something in, um, oh, wait, but there's more. That was only the article on Manglana. There's a bonus article on the capital Pelin. And that um, that article clocks in at, I want to say, eight pages, which is not bad. It's a city article that clocks in at eight pages here. I am all confused now. 
Uh, did I do this back? I'm all, I got all confused when I did this backwards. It's split-sided. That is one issue. I don't know if it's an issue. It's, it's a feature, actually. So these don't come in a book. They come loose leaf, and that would be, that's kind of, sometimes uh, people complain about Columbia Games and the price of their items and that they come like in a loose leaf as opposed to, although they're doing Kickstarters for hard, like the Rethem book was hardbound, they're doing Kickstarters. Uh, to print um, hardbound, a lot of their country books, um, kingdom books taking place in Harn. So these are all loose leaf, they're three hole punched, except for the cover and back cover. So I guess you'd have to punch them. Or I think ideally what you'd get is like a notebook, put the cover, you know, put the cover in the front and the back of the notebook, like if it has a little holder, and then put these inside of, of the three ring binder. So Pelin, um, it is the imposing royal seat of Manglana and burial ground is an eight page article. Um, again, some nice art that show what Pelin looks like uh, to the viewer, um, the current situation, the government, economics, religion, military, and then it has a, a map and a gazetteer of the town, um, like the royal compound Kirat Pelin, which is a, it's on a rock. Uh, that's separated by a shoal from shore. Gotta love that alliteration with the, all the S's. It has a high town, uh, like the Temple to Sarajan, the marketplace, um, clan homes, etc. Like all the different, uh, there's something called the Law Rocks with the twin, it's kind of cool. And they show a picture of it in the article. Twin granite outcrops. Twin, these twin granite outcrops are prominent landmarks visible for many miles. Things are held on the plateau between them on the eighth day of every month, weather permitting. The gathered assembly of freemen, many sitting on the facing slopes of the two hills are addressed by speakers on a wooden dais, which is really cool. So, I mean, you could tell like they the, the authors of this article, which again, includes N. Robin, the late N. Robin Crosby, include Jonathan Davidson, Tom Dalgaliesh, and Mikhail Huber um, have really made this thing come alive. and. Again, like I said, some material did appear in the 1987 Ninglana Kingdom module, which maybe I might have to compare and contrast. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, they might, like I said, have a, they might have an extra article um, on Volenheim, but maybe, the, I mean, Volenheim, I think, would be worthy of like its own article that's expanded, much like they've done with a lot of the cities, like Cities of Harn, um, et cetera, that you can get on Columbia Games if you drive through. I really like that they have these articles through drive through. You can just get them as a PDF and print them out. They usually they usually go on sale about quarterly too. So if you if you feel and I I would I usually get the maps. I buy the maps and when I DIY my Harn World Twenty, I use those maps. Um, so anyway, that's pretty cool. So a lot of different they're really full on the maps of the of the uh, the King's Hall and and the Kirat Pelin that lies on the island. Uh, they have like pictures of people and they have little blurbs on how you can incorporate them into a game or just, you know, about them. Uh, so, you know, as a, as the, uh, as a game master. So they have an excerpt here from the Manglana Kellen map and they show where Pelin is located, uh, the Manglana kingdom map and Pelin, it's actually on an Island, which is very interesting. And there's like a, there's a couple other Thrawns on the Island, um, Erdskisivik and Bretland uh, that, you know, are at, on, on the island where Pelin is located. So it's located on an island, and then the castle, King's Hall itself, is a fortress of some sort, or the equivalent of a fortress. So um, then there's kind of the bonus, like like I said, they have a whole like little mini article on the marketplace, which is kind of cool. 
and they have a sidebar about uh, Nuri Balin, who is the Valakar of Valen, the Valen Great Clan and must have a lot of power and influence in Pelin or as a rival. Um, so they have, you know, some other things that some other extends the gazetteer. Oh, and they have adventure hooks. That is really cool. So they have three adventure hooks here, which is very nice. Um, I didn't see if they, I don't think they had some in the Mangalana article, but in Pelin, you could, you could have the players come through Pelin and there's, um, three different adventure hooks that are here, which is quite nice, I think. So, um, yeah, let me see. I'll read one of them. Not a pushover. Tilda Olafsson, proprietress of the Amber Inn, is being threatened. She was told by a shadowy individual that she has until the end of the month to leave Pelin, or she'll be made to disappear. She believes that a rival wants to take over running the inn as a less scrupulous person could see the inn's advantageous position to generate great profit. So she wants someone to find out who is behind the threat and make the problem go away. She has many cousins at Stockheim, Thrawn, who could supply any muscle required. So that's your little adventure hook. I'm sure there's, you know, you probably could find in here and read um, about the Amber Inn and uh, and see. Yep. Oh, it's a it's a brewery too. <laughs> so it's a brewery as well. So uh, you could you could kind of. Read through the article, see who could be a rival. Uh, maybe they, they denote it, maybe they don't. You could make it up, and then you could have an adventure where you help Tilda Olufsen. So anyway, that is um, Manglana. I, I recommend, I mean, it's part of the Harm subscription right now, so I'm sure in the coming months uh, you can get it as a PDF or as a, as a copy. I will put the link to the Harm stuff for Columbia Games. I think it's well worth checking out. There's some neat things that you can use in Horn World or your own. And again, it's all system agnostic. It just gives you people and places, no stats. You can stat them out how you want to um, in your game, which I think is a fascinating thing about these uh, these products. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. I think I've done quite a lot on Manglana um, and Pelin article. So um, I will just close this out here. Thank you for listening to Geomologist Presents. I thank Jason for joining me at the top of the show. Um, the intro and outro music are by TJ Drennan. And uh, usually Amy Lee uh, Rodriguez does a clip cover art. But today it's the uh, legendary Agnes McBride's cover of Treasures of Middle Earth. You can contact me by attaching or sending a message to geomologist at gmail.com. You can also leave me a message on the Anchor website you can no longer do this on the app unfortunately you can i have a SpeakPipe account um, that you can leave me a message of about 90 seconds and you can always send me a message send it as a file and leave it on my discord um, handle or send me a pm as in discord i'm on various discords and you can probably reach me there as well to leave me a message so again thank you for listening and i'll talk to you soon